0: Curious about the latest in the world of freight and how it impacts you and your business? Dive into our exclusive release of the U.S. Bank Freight Payment Index. Gain deep insights from the billions of transactions they handle each quarter. Visit usbank.com forward slash freight hyphen index to explore the release and sign up for quarterly updates. For a dynamic take on this information and to learn what's happening now in the business world, stay in the loop by subscribing to Supply Chain Now on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges, and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Scott Luton and Kevin L. Jackson with you here on supply chain now. Welcome to today's live stream. All right, Kevin, let me have it. How you doing?
0: You will refer to me by my proper title. All right, that's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Those dirty birds did it to you, not me.
1: <laughs> if y'all can't tell to let you in on our little not-so inside joke, Kevin, of course, is a huge Washington Commanders fan. We had a little friendly wager when the commanders played the Falcons a couple of weeks ago, and the commanders put it on the Falcons. So I had to hang the banner. Hail to the yes, chief.
0: Yes. You can kneel off screen. That's fine.
1: <laughs> you can make me be like the old Superman film when they hunted the three bad guys. Man, we're going to have a Hollywood moment. But anyway, Kevin, all that yes. aside, congrats. And it's fun to do these kind of things. And I appreciate you being a, a good sport about it.
0: Yes. I appreciate you also.
1: (laughs) 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 Thank you. And your Falcons for losing. All right.
0: Yeah. Thank you for losing. Yes.
1: (laughs) It's a special edition of the buzz today. It's the digital transformers edition of the buzz on the second Monday of each month. Kevin joins us as we walk through some of the leading stories across global business, especially with the extra helping of all things technology. And if you're listening To the podcast replay, which we usually drop the buzz replay on Fridays after the Monday live show. Hey, if you're listening to the replay, hey, join us on LinkedIn or YouTube or some other social Mm -hmm. media channel of your choosing. All right. So we're going to dive right in. We got a lot to get into here today beyond Commander Jackson's team's supreme (laughs) prominence. But let's dive into some resources, folks. Y'all know that really we're here. To equip you with resources to help you make better decisions, help you and your team succeed on a heightened plane, right? A whole different universe. So I want to start with making sure you're all aware of the U.S. Bank Freight Payment Index for Q3 2023. That was released a couple weeks ago. You can find from this wealth treasure trove of data, you'll find a lot of actionable insights and perspective from the front lines, folks out there moving freight across the country. So you can sign up. For this resource, it's free. It comes out once a quarter. You can either go to freight.usbank.com, which you can see right there in the graphic, or we've dropped the link to it right there in the comments. You're one click away. Kevin, it's important that we learn and we take from billions of data points and find ways of making better decisions, huh?
0: I think it's more important to learn if all of that weight that's being transported is turkeys. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> Kevin, did you know, speaking of turkeys and data point, did you know that turkeys this year, I read last week, they're about 22% cheaper than last year.
0: Oh, that's good. That's that's excellent. Isn't that great news? ham? Do you ever have duck for Thanksgiving?
1: I have not had duck, but ham is up a smidge and beef is up a good bit over last year. So mm. as I shared that via social, I can't remember who it was. Could have been my dear friend, Michael. He said, Looks like turkey for us. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, on a much serious note, we're talking food, and of course, Thanksgiving time. I think a lot of us are real grateful for the opportunity to eat good food and be with family and in nice, warm homes wherever you live. Well, there's a lot of folks that aren't able to do those things, and Kevin and I both want to call attention to this week, which is always intentionally, from my understanding, the week before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It's uh, hunger and homelessness awareness week here in the states. And it runs from November 11th through the 18th. Y'all can learn more at this site here, hhweek.org. It's promoted and organized by some very reputable nonprofits to include the National Coalition for the Homeless. And Kevin, I want to get you to, I want to share just a couple. I'm not going to hit all these. These are really staggering Factoids, but let me pick a couple here. Here in the States, 37.2 million Americans live below the poverty level. 580,000 Americans are homeless on any typical night. And then, you know, taking it globally, sadly, almost 800 million people worldwide do not have enough to eat.
0: That's terrible.
1: It's awful. Six children die each minute globally of a hunger related disease. And folks, you can learn more at hhweek.org. Let's find a way to change some of these terrible, terrible factoids. Kevin, your response when you see some of this and the overall theme?
0: It's really important to think about others, not just during the the, the holidays, but year round. When your stomach is growling, it, it doesn't care if it's the week before Thanksgiving, it's still hunger. Support those that need help. They're not there most of the time. It's not to any fault of their own. It's right. outside, you know, forces that they have no control over. So remember that, and yes. you know, be thankful.
1: Yes, be thankful. I tell you, it's certainly a blessing. But if you're in a position where you can act and support others. Whether you get involved in the Hunger and Homelessness Awareness Week, which we've dropped a link there in the chat, or your hometown nonprofit or food bank, or just taking care of your neighbors. Sometimes your neighbors are dealing with some terrible burdens, and you know how can we do a simple good deed that makes their day or their week easier? So, so important. Okay, well, thank you, Kevin, for leaning into that, and, and thank you, team, for dropping the link out in the chat so we can all Learn a lot more.
0: Can I also one thing that uh, I didn't see you or talk to you on Saturday, but Happy Veterans Day and thank you for your
1: service, Kevin. Likewise, you as well. As many folks know, you're a former naval aviator. I was a, a data analyst in the Air Force, and we have a good-natured rivalry between the Navy and the Air Force here. But Kevin, when you mentioned that, I talked to my son over the weekend as we were traveling mm-hmm. to make sure he understood the differences between Veterans Day, Memorial Day, and Armed Forces Day, and Really, Veterans Day is meant to celebrate all the veterans that have worn the uniform. It's a much different day yeah. than Memorial Day. And it's important, Kevin, that folks understand and lean into those differences, right?
0: Yeah. Also, it's important to note, you know, where the origin of Veterans Day, I was talking to somebody uh, about that. It was the 11th hour, the 11th day of the 11th month, the last day of World War One. you know. The war to end all wars. So Veterans Day is not just in the United States. Yes. Important to note that as well. Every country has its veterans and every country honors the people that serve for something greater than themselves. That's right. So uh, honor them as well.
1: Well put. A lot of folks out there living a life of consequence, to quote Kevin L. Jackson from a year or two ago. One of my favorite quotes <laughs> you dropped here on us. All right, let's get into the first of four stories we're going to tackle here today. And we're going to be talking about a quick update on a cyber attack at DP World Australia, which there mm. is one of the country's largest ports operators. According to our friends over at Reuters, cyber attack had caused a company to pause all operations for some three days. Kevin, yeah. we're talking pausing all activity related to managing about 40% of all the goods that come in and out of Australia.
0: That's a lot of money
1: there. Jeez. Man, how about it? No word yet from DP World in terms of any related ransomware demands. Some companies don't make that public for a variety of reasons. But Kevin, as we've been talking, feels like for decades now, I'm afraid mm-hmm. we're going to be seeing a lot more of this type of disruption in the months ahead, especially for those organizations that don't prepare and prepare with a sense of reality. Kevin, your thoughts? So we just celebrated, <laughs> as it
0: were, Cybersecurity Security Month, right? In October and on november 3rd research by it governance reported that there were 114 publicly disclosed security incidents in october think how many weren't disclosed right. but just from the ones that were disclosed there were 867 million 72315 compromised records and that brings this year's total to drum roll, please. Over five billion mm. records have been compromised this year. Wow. And, and one of these breaches in October that may probably touch all of us is the breach at 23 and me that affected 20 million. DNA-related records. I mean, we're all linked through DNA, aren't we?
1: It sounds like a really bad Hollywood movie <laughs> plot, Kevin. Jeez. Well, and also, going back to the veterans theme and the staggering numbers you're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, no one's immune. A couple of years no back, one. I recall getting a letter in the mail from the Department of Defense And the Personnel Center, this is probably about five years ago, I believe. The Personnel Center for the Department of Defense had been compromised. And a lot of service members' records, not DNA, but service member records had been compromised. How about that?
0: Yeah, I got one of those, too. Yep.
1: No fun, folks. So, hey, the good news here, though. The good news here on the heels of October, which Kevin mentioned was Cybersecurity Awareness Month, we've got opportunities to prepare. So if you haven't been hit hard, you've probably been hit. I think it's safe to say, Kevin, every organization has been hit. It's just to what degree.
0: Right, exactly. It brings up that you have to be aware of the data that you create and share every day and protect it. You know, you say it takes a village to, you know, raise a child. It takes the whole world to stop cybercrime. So let's work together.
1: That's right. And unfortunately, there's going to be a lot more opportunities for working together based on all the bad growth rates we're seeing in terms of what bad actors are doing. Okay, folks, we got a lot of good, uplifting, positive stuff to get to here. Now, y'all know every time Kevin... Joins us. We got to talk about the cloud, the cloud yes, king. <laughs> Another nickname to Kevin L. Jackson here. So, in this piece from Inspirage, hope I got mm-hmm. that right, we're talking cloud powered compressed digital transformations that are helping to revolutionize global supply chains. So, Kevin, tell us more.
0: You know, digital transformation is really a strategic imperative in just about every industry. And the priority is particularly evident in supply chain management, where we need to adapt and innovate due to unique challenges posed by the global pandemic, economic uncertainty, and supply chain disruptions, as well as labor shortages. So the supply chain industry, however, seems to be adopting what's referred to as the compressed Digital transformation strategy, and and this involves looking across the entire organization's operations, and choosing a single approach to the transformation, finding the right partner, and reimagining the business from end to end. This approach harnesses technology and deploys solutions at an accelerated pace. This really reduces cost. Improves the experience for the customers, partners, and employees, and delivers more value over time. Mm. And cloud technology is the enabler of compressed digital transformations because adopting a cloud based solution as the foundation for supply chain management really enables scalability, the ability for you to really respond to changes in the marketplace, a cost efficiency you know saving those dollars, real-time data insights that yeah. let you know you know gives you that visibility into the supply chain and into your customers and partners needs and requirements and it also enhances collaboration. And it's all about collaboration today. You know, before we had onshoring and we're offshoring. Now we're right. going nearshoring. Now Sub-cycles. we have to do all three.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially I mean, think of the global multinational organizations, corporations, MNCs. I think, if I get it right. Yeah. In some cases, to your point, Kevin, they're going offshore. They're going onshore. I mean, there's lots of complexity in their global supply chains. You yeah? know.
0: And it's all about collaboration.
1: That's right, and a couple of the points I want to pull out that you shared, and a couple other that this article spoke to me: visibility across mm-hmm. the ecosystem, and taking it a step further, because as Greg and I and Kevin, we all have talked about, visibility is faster and faster becoming table stakes these days. Yes, we need to have solutions far beyond the visibility itself. And a couple of things from this article: as Kevin, you spoke to the rate of change for the leaders out there, according to mm-hmm. Accenture's research, prior to the pandemic, true industry leaders and in technology adoption innovation. Well, they were growing 2x the rate of the laggards, right? Mm -hmm. Now that gap is much larger as Accenture Research indicates it's closer to 5x in terms of the difference of growth between the performers and the folks that just ain't not getting with it. Other Uh, thing, Kevin, quick comment on that before I move to the second point, Kevin. The cost is real for not embracing the modern day technology, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. You will fall behind. A laggard will not exist in a year.
1: Ooh, how about that? The other thing. (laughs) The other thing I want to point out, I believe this is also mentioned in this good read, the Boston Consulting Group, which we've interviewed a couple of folks from them in the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. Good stuff there. Well, they report that only 30% of digital transformations achieve their objectives with the biggest obstacle being employee resistance. So folks, you got to engage your people, answer that important question that they all are dying to get the answers to what's in it for me and Kevin do it with your people not to your people, right, Kevin?
0: They have to be part of the transition. It's natural, it's human to want to protect what you have. And some people fear technology is going to steal their job. I mean, this was one of the reasons why all the actors went on strike, right? They were afraid that artificial intelligence was going to replace them. That'll never happen. Okay. But that is once again data and information that you have to understand and protect. So they were on strike to protect their digital asset, their face, their voice. Yes. The jokes that they may may <laughs> may say, right?
1: Some of us have no IP value in the jokes we shake, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: Everyone has to digitally transform Themselves, their organizations, their business models, but do it together and do it
1: with eyes wide open. Yes. Don't be an ostrich. <laughs> <laughs> so, Commander Jackson, I want to go back yes. to something you shared a second ago because I think we've talked about this numerous times, whether it's on digital transformers or your appearances here. But let's see if you agree with me. Mm-hmm. If you're of the ilk that we're talking to, all the individuals out there that work in a variety of different places and their teams. If you're someone that to continue that phrase, Kevin mentioned, have your eyes shut, may have your head buried and you want to stick to doing the same thing from eight to five and stay right there and not change and not learn new things. Folks got some bad news for you. Those are the types of roles that may well be replaced by AI. however, the good news and Kevin, I'm checking in with you, make sure we're in lockstep here. The good news is if you're willing to lean into this incredible opportunity field environment, that is. 2023 and beyond and learn new things and raise your hand and volunteer for more fulfilling activities, you're going to find window after window of opportunity. Kevin, did we agree on those points?
0: Absolutely. You know, one of the fastest growing jobs is what's referred to as a prompt engineer. You know what a prompt engineer is?
1: I do not. <laughs> <laughs> One, one that's so, always on time, I'm assuming.
0: <laughs> that's a bad
1: guess, no. Okay.
0: <laughs> but when you're interacting with like artificial intelligence through something like chat GPT, you have to sort of fashion the request, what mm. you want. You have to tell the system what you're looking for. You know, I want it this high, this low, or this color to address this type of thing. And... The text that you put into the search bar or the query bar is called a prompt. Ah. All these years where you've been putting these texts in Google in order to find something, you were practicing prompt engineering. And now it's even more important as you are prompting artificial intelligence to give you information or to create something or to find something, or to augment your own capabilities. That job position is a real job, is a prompt engineer. And they're pulling 200000 $250,000 wow. per year salaries.
1: That'll buy a lot of turkeys, or ducks, or whatever <laughs> you want for Thanksgiving, huh?
0: Yeah. So all that practice of trying to find something on Google or Bing, is going to pay off. That's
1: right. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that, Kevin. I really do. That's a great example of kind of what we're talking about. Let's see here. Kevin, I mentioned digital transformers a couple minutes ago. You had, the beat goes on, the train keeps on, the express train that is digital transformers keeps on cranking out great content. Episode 70 was recently released and you sat down with a business leader from AT&T Business. Tell us more.
0: Yeah, I had the opportunity to interview Rich Bates. He's the AT&T chief information security officer. And oh, it was fun. We discussed the future of digital security and risk management. We learned about the role of culture, really, in shaping cybersecurity practices and the impact of of cutting edge technologies like AI and quantum computing. I'll tell you, he was just so full of information. He used to work with the CIA, actually, and he didn't tell me any secrets. That's why I'm still here. (laughs) But you you need to check out the show Digital Transformers. Wonderful, and episode seventy. Hey, before you know it, it's going to be (laughs) a (laughs) hundred.
1: Well, you know what? Talking about things we should be grateful for and celebrate seventy. Episodes of any podcast series is a tremendous accomplishment. I think the average in this industry, in this growing industry, where there's over three million mm. podcasts and more every day.
0: Everybody got a podcast. <laughs> right.
1: And you know what, Kevin? We love that. The democratization of voices and views and walks of life and all that stuff. That's so important. However, Kevin, most of those three million plus don't have more than 10 episodes because it's tough to make content that resonates and for all the work that goes into it. So kudos to you and the digital transformers team. And I'm looking forward to checking out this latest episode, Kevin.
0: Thank you. I'm trying to catch up. What are you guys at? Like a thousand and fifteen? Oh, Jeez. You got so you know, many shows on the air.
1: <laughs> hey, it's not a race. It's not a race. It is a collective journey right? To help yeah. so many people out there. And while we do that, enjoy the conversations that we team up on. I, I really enjoy it. Kevin makes my day, but going back to the numbers, I'm curious where we are too. So Amanda, and Catherine, big thanks to both of y'all behind the scenes. Let us know. I'm not sure what 1195. episode number. Oh, really? Yes. 1195. Okay. Wow. Man. Okay. What are some of your simple predictions and projections and prognostications as a, <laughs> a synonym day here. When it comes to this retail season, you know, what are you expecting as we, you know, we got 45 days through the yeah. end of the year. And then of course you, the returns season starts. So if you have any bold predictions, share them here in the comments or put it on supply chain now, social media, we're going to be gathering those over the next week or two. So Kevin, yeah, is there any bold prediction that you want to make for the, this current retail season or do you want to yes. you want to share that later
0: No, I'll there right now. The end of Black Friday. Okay. Tell me more. There's no more Black Friday because Black Friday is every day. All you got to do is go right on your laptop. Mm. <laughs> Why are you going to, you know, go out late at night after you've eaten your turkey? And, you know, because you want to catch the first sale at 0001 on Friday morning and right fight with all the people, get your hair pulled out and your wig <laughs> snatched, just, just, just to go buy something where you can just sit on your laptop or your desktop or your phone and buy anything uh, you want from anywhere at any time at a cheaper price. It. What's the purpose?
1: <laughs> sorry. You have me having your wig snatched. I'm sorry, Kevin. That, I didn't see that one coming. Amanda is dropping in our production chat here and she's referencing smearing, which is a, a, a term out there that really talks about how the holidays are getting lengthened. Yeah. And Amanda says Black Friday, according to Walmart, started last week. So what it's not asking? one day, it's weeks now because many retailers are pushing out all that activity from certain days and certain very defined time frames and we're bringing it you know smearing it across weeks. So Kevin, I like your prediction. Yeah. I think that resonates with a lot of folks. Uh, I've got some dear family members that it's like a tradition for them to get together and get out in physical brick and mortar mm-hmm. on Black Friday. But I think more and more, Kevin, folks are tapping into the convenience of year-round deals yeah. and e-commerce at their fingertips and in-store shopping on big targeted days. Maybe more and more thing of the past. I don't know, Kevin.
0: Yeah. La- yeah. Last year was the last time. I'm not going to have my toupee snatched ever again. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Kevin, you you never cease to surprise me. I never know exactly what Kevin's going to share. All right. I want to share our third article we're getting into here today. We're talking about manufacturing, which, of course, many of our listeners out there may know. It's one of my favorite topics, one of my favorite aspects of global industry. So, Kevin, did you know, according Mm -hmm. to Manufacturing Dive, which puts out great content over there, part of the Dive family of publications, the manufacturing industry has some 627,000 open jobs, tons of opportunity in this space. Now, from our friends here at Columbus, I want to talk about some of the lessons learned from the digital transformation that manufacturers are going through, especially as it relates to their supply chain management. So, Kevin, tell us more.
0: So, you know, everyone has gone through disruptions in the supply chain, but you would think they would go away after the pandemic, but it's not true. They even become more and more common in recent years, either because of geopolitical conflict or inflationary pressures or, you know, everybody is afraid of the recession and climate change, you know, weather related events are changing. Everything. So, in order to thrive in this new environment, this new landscape, manufacturers need to revamp their operations. And they do this by doing supply chain transformation. Businesses can create an agile, high performance supply chain that makes it easier to respond to the constantly changing business dynamics. And customer expectations, as well as retain that competitive advantage across the marketplace. Some of the top manufacturing use cases include demand forecasting that use historical data to predict the future market needs so they can optimize inventory and anticipate demand. Also, asset maintenance, predictive and uptime solutions that use data analysis to anticipate and prevent equipment issues, minimize downtime, and to ensure smooth production. This also cuts costs. One of the third areas they refer to is a new term, I guess, servitization. This is offering both products and services. So instead of just selling a thing, a widget, a product, you also create a service that goes with that thing. Now this fosters customer relationships and provides added value. So beyond selling these products, companies wanna provide things like maintenance, insurance, and connectivity. Because, I mean, everything's connected, right? So this ger- generates sustainable revenues. And finally, mixed reality for things like remote inspections and commissioning, mm. having it on the shop floor and for infield services to connect experts from various locations that can work together to address the customer's needs or requirements. This type of technology enables real-time guidance and instructions, resulting in enhanced training, maintenance, and troubleshooting. Another one of those services, servitization that go along with the product. So it's really changing what manufacturing means.
1: Yes. So Kevin, I loved your commentary and it really speaks to the depth, I think, of this article Mm -hmm. and love their practical takeaways from the use cases in the manufacturing world. I just want to pick up on a couple of things you mentioned An article mentions, and folks, we dropped the link in the chat. You know, leveraging technology to include many more parameters in your demand forecasting is so important. Getting far, far beyond just historical data and tendencies, right? So we're not all yeah. looking just in the rearview mirror, but that anticipation that Kevin is talking about, predictive forecasting. The other thing. That I think is really important, having been in the manufacturing environment through a big chunk of my career, leveraging data analytics to get out ahead Mm -hmm. and anticipate, there's that word again, equipment and production line issues. Hey, let's find every way possible to avoid those costly production line downtime penalties that are never fun conversations, Kevin. Oh,
0: no, you never want to tell mama (laughs) when she can't get her Amazon order (laughs) on time.
1: Oh, gosh, (laughs) man, you ain't lying. I think this was in the article. I could be mixing up articles a bit, but this shouldn't surprise anybody. Gartner finds that just 54% of AI projects move from the pilot phase to production, right? And probably a lot less to outcomes of any kind, much less consequential outcomes. So, Kevin, this may be too simplistic. I want to get your response here. Sure. We got to be as leaders, and we reference, you know, running around with a hammer looking for a nail with AI a lot because I think it's just so prevalent. We got to be asking these critical questions. Hey, what are our business goals? What do we want to accomplish? And then what is the right tool? Kevin, your thoughts?
0: Artificial intelligence is not artificial at all. (laughs) You know, it's really giving you more efficient access to the information and data that humans create all right artificial intelligence can't create something out of nothing right you know that's imagination and that's purely a human skill and you need imagination the ability to conceive or visualize something that not only doesn't exist, but never existed and would never exist if it wasn't for you. That takes real human intelligence. All right. So artificial intelligence isn't a panacea. You know, it can't create something from nothing. You need people to create something from nothing.
1: Well said. Kevin, well said. While we're on the topic of AI, which I think it's federal regulations that every business (laughs) show these days have to reference it, this hit my radar. And Kevin, you may know a lot about this. I don't want to surprise you with this, but Amazon's working on a chat GPT competitor, which shouldn't surprise anybody. It's called Project Olympus. And what hit my radar a week or two ago, one of my friends on LinkedIn shared that I think the parameters that Project Olympus First off, Mm -hmm. we gotta stop with these dramatic names. Can we can they be (laughs) brilliant names like Project Fred or Tiffany or I don't know, Teddy Bear or something? But hey,
0: Project Doofus. No. (laughs) Thank you. Something.
1: I feel like when we go dramatic names, it just invites potential bad things. But anyway, this Project Olympus. I think it's 10 billion parameters. It is remarkable, Kevin. Have you heard, is this at your radar yet? Well, That's
0: why you need a prompt engineer. (laughs) What type of prompt do you write to address that many different parameters?
1: Right. Well, Kevin, on our fourth article, we want to cover a neat read from Supply Chain Connect focused on how to navigate that critical transition from manual to automated. So, Kevin, tell us a lot more.
0: So really, you know, we've been talking a lot about digital transformation. In its simplest form, a digital transformation can be understood as the transition from a manual process to a digital process. However, this can and it should be much, much more than that. Digital transformation goes well beyond establishing just a connection. It really doesn't have, as I say, a binary qualification. That you're either transformed or you're not transformed. Rather, an organization can anticipate needing to go through a journey. They need to go through stages of technological growth and development from manual to digitized to assisted automation, partial automation, and then eventually make it to fully automated processes. This article. Highlights some real insight from Stephen Radelet from Digital Key. He compared it to a car's cruise control system. Right, you can't have a cruise control if you don't digitize the speed of the car. Right, and you can't have adaptive cruise control if you don't digitize the distance with, that the car is from the car in front of you. Digital is the first step. It's not the only step. But once you have digitized, you can automate. And then fully digital transformed means that you have digitized, but you've also moved forward with automation. In the automotive world, they have a level from zero where there's no driving automation all the way up to level 5 which is full driving automation so in the context of operate that's that's the context of operating on the roadway so but the same thing goes when it comes to your organization's digital transformation we actually have a graphic that sort of visualize this. Level zero is where humans are doing everything. Right. And you have to do gradually transition to where you are digitizing the information and data. You can, uh, on demand, take that data. You can go to digital assistants all the way to fully automated operations and business processes at level five. So it's a journey and it's probably a continuous journey,
1: right? Yes. I think there's a parenting analogy somewhere around here, (laughs) Kevin. What a great one. But I want to go back for a second to the author that references the...
0: Cruise control. Yeah.
1: Yes. The cruise control. In a greater scheme of things, perhaps. Kevin, I'm not sure if you did this, but back in the day, my first car was a 1992 Honda Civic, I believe. Okay. A little four door. I got about 300,000 miles to the gallery.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's when your feet were sticking out the bottom, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Might as well be. But I bring that up because my dad taught me how to change my own oil. Yeah. And I would save at the time, you get an oil change back then for like 10 bucks, it seems like maybe 15 bucks. So cheap.
0: Most useless (laughs) skill ever.
1: Well, you know what, though? <laughs> <laughs> I used to save, you know, because as any high schooler, yeah. you know, when you're on a budget, I think I made 60 bucks a week from my local grocery store. 15 bucks was doing the math. 25% of that, right? Yeah. So to save that 15 bucks or whatever that was, I think my dad would even buy me the oil filter and stuff. And, and I would learn how to change them on oil. Now, fast forward. Some 30 years later, where cars have gotten, it seems like, so much more complex. Mm-hmm. We have different constraints on our time and budgets and all this other stuff. And Kevin, I bet I could not change my own all <laughs> to save my life here today. And I bring all this up because I think we have choices, right? We have choices, yeah. whether you're like Massaur where you lean in. In some cases, it really behooves you to develop certain skill sets, especially technical skill sets. Yeah. So you can use that to move your way up the career ladder or maybe to launch entrepreneurial initiatives. And in other cases, you may bring in experts. In this case is the folks that saved me from these complex vehicles these days. So you can use that bandwidth to lean into what you're talking about. We'll create more, right? Do those innately human things that Mm -hmm. create other opportunities and free up other parts of your journey. Kevin, I'm not sure if that analogy makes sense to you. So my first question is, how long has it been since you changed your own oil in your car?
0: Yeah, like never. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it used to, when my first car. I would do yeah. I would do maintenance on it all the time, right? Because all you needed was tools, right? And, and maybe and uh, Chilton's guide, right? You right. You didn't need to plug it in. And... You can yes. do anything. Today, you can't even start without rolling in a computer and connecting it to you know, the appropriate terminals so you can get the Ugh. failure code.
1: <laughs> I'm with you.
0: So it's so complex, but that actually will give you more time so that you can drive down the interstate and enjoy your life. So that yes. are balances.
1: There are balances and, and you know, what one person chooses is their journey. It shouldn't be other persons. and shouldn't be other persons. I mean, yeah. it, it's really, it's fascinating. The rate of change related to our automobile or technology, it is all fast. Okay. What a fun episode of the buzz here. The digital transformers edition. Yes.
0: This is, yes. Great. I really enjoyed this.
1: It's kind of like the Baskin Robbins episode today. We had <laughs> all, all kinds flavors. of flavors yes. here today. Kevin, first off, I want to bring up, this is a really cool graphic. You know, I think this really gives you an illustration of kind of what this process looks like from manual to automation and all the different steps from here to there. So y'all check that out. And I want to make sure we give proper credit. Supply Chain Connect were our friends that published that last article that prompted all of this old change talk, <laughs> how to navigate the transition from manual to automated. So y'all check that out article out. All right. So Kevin, if folks want to lean into digital transformers or lean into all the other, from cloud to other aspects of global technology and leadership that you share and help educate and inform folks about and give your expertise and been there, done that perspective on, how can folks connect with you, Kevin?
0: Yes. Always on supply chain now, right? Where we have a monthly show and we're right here on the buzz. The second Monday of every month. And next month on Digital Transformers, I'm going to interview an executive from SES satellites. In fact, they just launched on a Falcon 9 yesterday that they completed their constellation of six mid-Earth orbit satellites to power their global O3B M power system which provides high bandwidth globally, over 98% of the world, including the oceans. So that's going to be on next month's Digital Transformers. And you can always catch me on Twitter or X at Kevin underscore Jackson and on LinkedIn, Kevin L. Jackson.
1: Outstanding. And to make it really easy for y'all as well, check out the simple link in the comments to the last episode that we referenced about halfway through the show. So going back to the SCS satellite story, yeah. I love that. You know, the digital divide is so real and it impacts global society on so many different levels and especially our kids. So I really am looking forward to getting an in-depth view of their great work. And I'll add this, Kevin. One morning, since you let the cat out of the bag on the front of the show, when Ben and I woke up one early morning, uh-huh. we were staying in Idaho. You've got the Tetons, right? The mountain range. Yeah. And then just on the other side, you got Jackson, Wyoming. We woke up one morning, we we're drinking our cup of coffee and right at sunrise, the sun hadn't quite crested the Teton ranges, but it was up on the other side. You could tell, mm-hmm. well, there was a rocket launch of some oh. sort and you could see it come straight up right over this mountain range. And it was a bit underreported, Kevin. Wow. I went on X. I went on social media. Try, what am I missing? But I couldn't find any news. So who knows? It could be maybe the it's a group. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they <laughs> were knows? leaving. They didn't come. They left.
1: They were so disappointed in what they found. Kevin. They so <laughs> but hey, all that kidding aside, it was a majestic view. And I look forward to sharing a lot more of a Ben and my adventure together from last weekend. But Kevin, always a pleasure speaking of adventures. Thank you. Appreciate what you do and appreciate how you help educate and amplify and inform and help folks navigate through these really uncertain and anxious times. There's always a better way if we go looking forward and leaning into the collaboration that you mentioned on the front end. So, Kevin, a pleasure to have you here on every second Monday.
0: I just enjoy with our our live audience. This is just awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. I
1: agree. I agree. All right. So big thanks to Kevin. Big thanks to Catherine and Amanda behind the scenes. Help makes the buzz happen every single week. Again, every Monday, 12 noon Eastern time. Join us here for the live walkthrough of some of the leading business headlines from around the globe. Now we've got our holiday schedule coming up, but more to come on that. You can always find us across social as well. So with that said, folks, I'm challenging you to take at least one thing of the truckload of brilliance that Kevin dropped on us here today. Take one thing, put it into action. These, not words, that's where the outcomes come from. Your team will appreciate you for doing it. And on that note, Scott Luton challenging you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change that's needed. And we'll see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community.